Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast. This week, I have another guest to talk to. My guest today is Jess White. Jess does lots of things. She's a yoga teacher running yoga classes for adults and children, as well as retreats as Yogi Tribe. And she also runs a business networking business, Spark. And she has children and dogs. I genuinely don't know how she does so much. So welcome, Jess. Thank you, Marie. Lovely welcome. Um, No problem. So let's talk yoga first. How did you get started in yoga? And then when did you turn it into a business? Cool. So I began doing yoga um, a long time ago, which makes me feel rather old. Um, 25 years ago uh, was when I started to get into yoga. And um, I got into it seriously more so when my children were really little, when they were toddlers. And I found it really calming and healing. And it was my uh, time that, you know, the little sort of pocket of time just for me because when you're a mum you are constantly devoting all of yourself and your time to your children so that little sort of pocket of time that hour a week it used to be was my time and it used to I used to find it so healing and I used to feel so amazing afterwards I just wondered why what is it from being on a mat and making some shapes with your body um, was giving me these amazingly huge benefits. And so I just kept going back with a curious mind, always a beginner's mind, but wanting to get pushed further. So that led me to then start to uh, find other teachers. Um, and strangely enough, I found my original teacher, even though I'd moved areas. So my first teacher was in Leamington Spa, and then I moved over all the way down south uh, to Kent and got married, had children. And so that was amazing. I, it was such a lovely surprise. And the two towns even look kind of similar. So then I started practicing over at the Freestyle Yoga Company over in Tunbridge Wells on the high street and just traveling to go there and really loved it because it was a, um, a lot more of a dynamic practice and it was pushing me to take the practice further and to see where I could go with it. So I was loving that so much uh, that I went to, started going to more and more, and I went to um, the Om Yoga Show in London. I remember walking into that yoga show in London, which was absolutely huge, and seeing all of these different stalls and teachers, and just I just instantly felt at home and just thought, yeah, this is exactly where I want to be. And what I want to do. And I, at the time I had a, a baking business, which was, was quite fun by itself, took me on TV and all sorts. Um, but I decided that at that moment, I wanted to share, you know, what I had learned and, and share the beautiful healing that I had received through yoga, uh, with others. So I happened to come across, um, a teacher called Cameron Shane in this, in this yoga show, who was teaching a really 
very different edgy style called Budokan. And I did one of his workshops in the show. Absolutely loved it. And at the end of the day, I went home and I looked it up, Budokan, and, and, and realized they were running a teacher training over in Miami. And I was thinking, whoa, I can't go there. You know, my kids are young. There's no way I could do that. But I sat down with my husband and I said, look, the kind of doable you know if we can just sort it that you know we've got everything in place and the kids are well looked after I'm very lucky I've got a great sort of family and friend network around me that were able to kind of jump in and provide support for just under two weeks while I went away and what that meant was that I was able to do an intense yoga teacher training and it, it was not easy it might sound amazing and it is amazing you know to go somewhere like Miami but it was it was really hard you know this teacher kind of chose to break you down as a person and then rebuild you. It was a hard experience um, and physically hard as well because it was a challenging style. And I got back, I didn't quite feel ready to teach. So I started practicing in the garden and I started um, recording myself teaching um, classes um, and then eventually began teaching my neighbor and then some friends and then just thought, I've just got to kind of jump in. And so I, I, I began classes. Um, and then eight years later, <laughs> here I am today. I just made it my kind of life and then went down the road of teaching children as well, which has been absolutely wonderful and amazing. So since then, I teach in schools. I teach family yoga, I teach adults. My youngest client is two. My oldest client is 90. So obviously oh. I don't teach dynamic yoga to everybody. Um, and I shape um, the yoga classes to whoever I've got in front of me and whatever their needs are. So each class can be very different. Um, and of course, it's taken me on retreats as well, Richard, like around the world teaching, which is just wonderful, taking people to beautiful places um, to, to give them a practice of yoga and also to allow them to look at their lives with a different perspective. And there's been a lot of transformational sort of experiences happen on those retreats I'm, I'm sure there has I love that the the amount of investment that you put into it in the very first place because a lot of people are quite scared when they first think about running a business and they're scared it's going to fail and they won't invest in all of the training and certainly all of the business side of it but the fact that you just just went for it I think is amazing well thank you well I'll give you a little share here as to why I am the way I am, which, um, because I never used to be, I, I went through my twenties kind of just wasting time. Really. I was never really driven. I didn't have much, didn't have a huge amount of support behind me either. I moved out when I was 15. Um, and you know, my family were all over the place. I didn't really have much at all and just kind of wandered around lost for, for quite for a number of years of my life. But. I, obviously, I moved to Kent and um, I've got this beautiful family around me. Uh, my mother and father-in-law, um, I'm very close to. Um, got this great support network here and I absolutely love it here. But uh, when my second child was born, my mum was diagnosed with cancer, with bowel cancer. And it was quite a late diagnosis. And she was really just given a few weeks to live. And I just had my second baby and I had the toddler as well. Um, and it was a bit complicated because like with my second baby, I'd had a, um, a C-section and that had gone wrong and I needed to have an operation. So all sorts of things were going on. But I said to my mum, look, 
would you like to come and live with us? Because, you know, I didn't want her spending her last few weeks alone. I wanted her to be surrounded by her family and her grandchildren. So she did. She came and she was holding the baby and she, you know, my daughter was coming in to see her and she, you know, we looked after her. And then once she passed away, I was then able to go and have my operation done uh, to have my botched C-section fixed. Uh, which had also put me in a life-threatening condition. Um, I was laying in the hospital, not able to really move or get up for a few days because I had to recover. And I had my two beautiful children at home and, you know, my mum had just passed. And I just had this kind of like moment where I sort of woke up really. And I've realised that, you know, life is really, really, really short. (laughs) So... It was a kind of an, an awakening in a way to turning up a, a very sad situation into a like, well, what are you doing with your life, Jess? You know, don't hold back. Don't not do something because you don't feel confident enough. Get out of your own way because my old self would have said, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm no good at public speaking. I, you know, I used to have social anxiety and, and a fear of speaking to people. That self would have held me back from going to teach classes and even thinking I was able to. So by going through that, you know, losing mum, which was not, not, not nice at all, um, and then lying in the hospital feeling useless, it kind of just made me go, you know, when I get out of hospital, I'm going to make every single thing I do count. Um, and so I immediately, when I started training for, a marathon. Um, I, I ran a couple of marathons to raise some money for the charity that helped uh, myself and my mum when she was going through that, which is Macmillan. Um, and, you know, training for a marathon is quite a feat by itself, but I loved it, absolutely loved it. That kind of just gave me the confidence as well to like, to say, look, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You've just got to find the passion for what you want to do. And I think we're really lucky uh, to live in a society where we're able to find what we love to do. And if you've got the drive and per- perseverance and the passion to make it happen, then you can, but you've got to get out of your own way and jump in and not worry about making mistakes because you, mistakes are like, like paying for your education. If you make a mistake where you lose some money, I look at that as like paying for your education, like mm. each you know, each, each, each step, or if you have like some bad times happen that you learn from it. Right. So I'm sorry you had to go through that, but what an amazing thing that you brought out of it. And you are so right that so many of us get in our own way. I think it's probably the biggest barrier to doing anything is ourselves. It's not necessarily money. It's not necessarily support. It's not necessarily skills or anything else. It's, it's ourselves. And I love the fact that you, when you thought about teaching yoga, that you just started recording yourself. I think we think people are judging us far more than they actually are. You know, everyone's, you know, got so much going on and who cares if they judge you? That's their, their thing. The more we kind of focus on being the best versions of ourselves rather than worrying about what other people are thinking, the better. And by recording it felt horrible at first because I was not a natural speaker words would not come and that but however 
over time and over doing it, as we say, over practicing it and doing it over time, people now say, I'm a natural speaker. Mm-hmm. And I would never have imagined anyone would have said that or I could even feel that way all those years ago because I would stumble. Still now I say, um, and you, you know, if I listen back to myself, there's, there's, there's things I would like to change. But the more you do something, the more comfortable it gets. So if you're standing there going, I don't want to do that in case I make a mistake or in case somebody thinks, uh, you know, I'm not great at it, you're never going to learn and you're never going to improve and get better. The more you can just jump in with two feet and just learn on your feet, the better, the better you'll get. Definitely. And obviously, since that you set up Yoga Tribe, more recently, you've set up a business networking at Spark. So can you explain to us where the idea for that came from? Absolutely, I can. Yes. So I mentioned earlier, I'm a forever student and I was sort of, I had my head in a course um, that I did with um, this beautiful, amazing girl. And basically I chose to do this course. It's got nothing to do with yoga, really. It's to do with the healing world. And I chose to do it because... um, Naturally, I was finding myself with Yogi Tribe, like, I'm very much of a doer. Uh, and what they call that in the healing world sometimes, that this kind of like do, 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 is a, a masculine energy. It might sound like a little bit different. So I was, I was quite keen to tap into feminine energy without saying, sounding too woo-woo, but start to um, learn to slow down a little bit, to learn to listen. To, to learn to be, you know, a little bit more kind of, you know, find the gentle kind of side of me. It was just last year when we'd gone from COVID to going to back in person. So in COVID, when COVID came, I did what scared me most, which was going online and being in front of a camera. So the thought of going um, to Zoom classes scared me, but I thought, well, I'll do it. I'll jump on because I want to help people. And actually, at this time, people are going through anxiety. They're stuck by themselves at home and a yoga practice is craving. So I became busier than ever online. And I was running sort of over 20 classes a week online on Zoom eventually. Um, and then, of course, we were allowed to be back in person again. But people weren't sort of jumping to the in-person classes. I wasn't busy as busy as I used to be. And I was I found myself running hybrid classes where I was half, half the the clients were online because I'd got some clients from, um, in different countries as well and half were in front of me, but that didn't feel right either because it wasn't, didn't feel fair to my clients on it either that were online or in person because my attention was split. And, um, and this course was kind of, yeah, for one, to get in touch with my feminine side, but two, to remind me of why I taught yoga, because I was sort of, it was funny sort of transitional phase, really, and things weren't as buzzing and, and vibrant as they used to be. And um, and part of that course was networking. You know, they said, what do you do for networking? Do you know, are you with any groups? And I thought, looked around and I thought, well, no, I'm not. And um and I was trying to find one that really sat well with me, something fun and easygoing and relaxing. Um, and I sort of found two extremes. I, could, I, I found lots of 
lots of women's group and then sort of like your your kind of slightly awkward uh men institute networking groups that I you know as a yoga teacher like I, I don't know just didn't really I didn't felt feel like I really fit in any of them so I thought well could, couldn't see that much of them going on so I thought well maybe I'll, I'll start my own one and see how it goes so when I organize a retreat um, I find a location first and then I find the people and I match the experience so I found my location uh, which was Lime Tree Workshop in um, Seven Oaks and a, a beautiful brand new kind of co-working space which was really edgy and quite cool you know like it was a London space which run by a couple of ladies who are sisters and one of them's an interior designer it's, and, a, fab- um, it's a fabulous space isn't it I mean it, it is a perfect space cool. for what you've created yeah it's absolutely brilliant you know I, I had this idea in October half term and then I got back because I, I was away I got back and I had two locations in mind and I went there first and I thought, God, do you know what? No, I'm just going to book this place because one, number one, it looks great. And number two, it's a co-working space. And I'm talking about getting people that work at home, usually, who are working, often working by themselves. I'm talking about getting them out together to have a really fun evening together and to do some networking, but also introducing them to a, a wonderful co-working space. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. I didn't go to the very first one. I was unable to make it. But certainly the events since then have been amazing. And it is a very, very different environment to any other business networking that I've been to. I have also shied away from the men in suits. Um, Not entirely sure why. Well, I do know why. (laughs) But there's a lot of website designers go to Chamber of Commerce and events like that. But I don't necessarily feel... I feel that that belongs to my old corporate world. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Whereas what you've created is very much about networking, whereas some of the other business groups are about things other than networking, for example, training, et cetera. Whereas yours is networking is at the forefront. And yes, there are speeches and things like that to go alongside it. But networking is the reason that people go um, very much. A lot of the people that came along to the first one in particular said to me, uh, Jess, I was actually really scared of networking. Network, you know, a lot, but not everybody likes network. I absolutely love networking and 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 putting people together and stuff. But a lot of people, it fills them with dread or gives them the ick feeling, you know. And so I had a few people coming that were really nervous about coming, and they came and they were like, "Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. This is just stylish, relaxed, fun." You know, you get you, on the first one we did, we had a cocktail making workshop. Everyone gets you know a, a welcome drink when they came in you know sometimes we have a jazz bar it's just like a nice kind of feeling you get dressed up to go out and it just you know even if you walk in by yourself and you don't know anyone you're instantly kind of greeted at the door and introduced to people and some people you know forget it's a networking event it's like it's almost like an updated version of networking to suit you know our times today that's the idea I think that's that's very true. If we talk a little bit about the benefits of networking, what do you see the benefits of networking as being? Absolutely. Well, being face to face is great because you, you you know people remember you. Uh, if you have a conversation with them, they're far more likely to um, refer somebody to you. So, say if I I I met you at one of the Spark events, 
uh, I didn't know you, Maria, and I met you. And you told me about what you did. Um, and I started to get a real feel about you as a person. And maybe, you, you know, you might have showed me a, a, a website of yours that you did. I'd be far more likely, therefore, to go and recommend you than, you know, just somebody I'd met online. So, I've, I, you know, the, the, the benefits are there, uh, first of all, for that. Secondly, you might find somebody that you want to collaborate with. I, one point I make really clear um, at these events is even if you find somebody in the room that does the same thing as you, that's your so-called competition, uh, rather than seeing them as competition, what do you find about them that's inspiring? Could you collaborate with them? You know, how could you learn from each other? Um, you don't always have to see somebody else as being in competition with you. Um, so collaboration is another one. Um, getting yourself out there is a big one. Um, but with Spark, the other thing that we do um, within that networking event is that we make a post on each and every guest that comes along on the Instagram and, and Facebook page, which is a growing growing pages um and we we go we're on linkedin now as well uh, so there's posts that that tells everybody all about that person's business and any offers that they've got going on um and we also make a client brochure and what that is is the document uh with everybody's um information that they choose to share um and that would be a profile photo and how to contact them afterwards, perhaps their website and social media links, anything that they choose to share is on there so that after the event, uh, people can continue to network and to look through that brochure. And, you know, I encourage everybody to give each other a social media follow. So we're helping each other as a community. Um, and then we have a Facebook group as well where people can continue networking after an event and we organize networking so that's you know walk, mm. walks at lunchtime and uh you know other other sort of um free events so you can continue um networking but the benefit really is to get your message out there to get your name out there you never know who you're going to meet and what ideas excuse the the, the pun that what ideas that will spark that's why i kind of chose that mm. name so you start having conversations with these people and then that can spark ideas. Um, and you might, you might choose to get together again with this person. I think that that community element is so important. It's certainly one of the things that I have found. Funnily enough, I think it was the last um, Spark networking meeting that I met one of my clients whose website I built and we'd never met in person before. <laughs> So it's funny, it's very lonely when you work on your own. And especially if you do something like I do, and like many of the guests at Spark do, in terms of sat at home on their computer. So actually going out and meeting people and having that support network, that community of other people who understand what it is like is, is hugely important. And also, though, like you say, having those conversations with people who might become clients or who may know people that are looking for the kind of thing that you do. So several people I've actually interviewed on this podcast have talked about the importance of networking in terms of getting clients. And often it's been the main way that they have got clients. Um, and certainly for me, I'm not sure whether networking or referrals, it, it's a little bit of a combination because 
it's not a short-term gain networking. No. So no. a lot of my clients I have met at an event three years prior and they no. then followed me on social media. They might have they might have built a website for a friend of theirs or somebody they know. And so they that the fact that they met me originally has been huge in them ultimately deciding to work with me. But it hasn't been immediate. It might be six months later. It might be a year later. It might be three years later. But eventually, they won't, when they need what I have to offer, they will often come to me because of that original connection in person. And I think, you know, I've, I've spoken to some people who said, well, you know, I've been to a networking event. It didn't work for me because they were expecting within a week that they would get clients from it. And it doesn't work like that. As I say, it's building up a relationship and those relationships you know, ultimately, not all of them will turn into clients, but a lot of, you know, th there's a lot of value in those. Do you know what? With, with, you, with you, Marie, I, I came across you and I was like, oh, great, she does websites, brilliant. Um, but then I met a couple of other people. Oh, yeah, Marie did my website, you know. And then so that led me to have a look at their website. And then I was like, oh, actually, I really like what she did. I love her style and starting to meet other people that knew you. And that's, that's, a network isn't it when you when you meeting people who know each other and know it you know you start to recommend and talk about that person yeah. um it might just not might not just be networking with on a one-to-one -one basis if you you do that and then you start to meet other people who know that same person then that might start to you know trigger or spark more and more interest within that person's business definitely but of course the funny thing is about meeting you is i i i mean tell the story that I went to your networking event and I didn't see you. Well, I saw you, but we didn't get a chance to speak. And then I bumped into you the next morning in a coffee Sorry. shop in Life on High, which I go to. I was there this morning. Um, I go to far too regularly. Um, <laughs> the, my prices would be lower if I didn't spend as much on coffee in Life on High. That, that, that's not true. Um, but, but it was great to meet you actually there and to be able to, to have a chat with you. It does make a big difference. Yeah, because if we hadn't, even though we didn't have that one-to-one -one time on the evening, you, you know, you'd seen me speaking to everybody, but I wasn't, I, the, the thing is, you know, it's it's very difficult to get around to, to talk, to, to have a deep conversation with every single person in the room. I mean, you know, you're talking like 50 plus people in a room, you know, you can't get around, always get around to see everybody, but you, you know, obviously I'd been in contact with you by email and it's spoken you to you as a group and you'd see me so we we naturally we said hello didn't we the next day of course we did um and that's all you know that connection has been built um but another thing about spark networking is that i create it so it's fun so you're working at home a lot by yourself right and but for those people that are really driven that work a lot you know or and have children and responsibilities and lots going on you know, sometimes it's hard to find time to have like a night out. So to have a night out that's for work as well, it like you've got, you're killing two birds with one stone, so to speak, and having a great time, really fun night out. And, but it's also work. So that's kind of double whammy bonus, really. But m moving on to that, that, that thought of not being able to speak to everybody in one event, that triggered like an idea for me. Uh, which I know has been done before, um, but speed networking is happening in yeah um, in September, um, 
not done it before. We'll try. A bit like speed dating, but very, very different, of course. But just uh, just to make sure that everybody there gets to speak to everybody in the room without forcing every single person to stand up in front of many. So as I said, I, I always encourage people to become a speaker. If, as long as they've got something that will that they can give to the audience, that's the rules. As long as they've got some something that the audience will really um, gain or learn from or find inspiration or rather than standing up, the one, my one instruction is don't just stand up and sell because that's a total turnoff. So I've been to network, uh, networking events and all they did was sell all day and it totally put me off. Um, you know, by putting yourself up there and, and out there and maybe, you know, giving something in the goodie bags, you, you are selling yourself as it is. Give, by giving a story or giving the audience something to, for, for them to remember you by is far better than you trying to sell to them. Um, Definitely. One of the things I really like about your events, actually, is the fact that you do give that brochure. And I, obviously, other networking events have lists of attendees. But having the photograph of everybody attending, obviously, provided they give you the photo in the first place, by by having the photograph and some details about them, it's really good because it means that the following day you can go back through that. Or in, in fact, before you go, this is certainly something I have done, is you can have a look and think, oh, actually, I'd really like to speak to that person. And you can seek them out. Or the day after, you can have a look back through and you can see who you've actually spoken to. And you can obviously get back in contact with them because you've got their contact details. So I think that really helps, actually. And it also makes people people who haven't been to one of your events before it it humanizes it because at the end of the day we are all just human beings stood in a room all with our own vulnerabilities and you know we're all equals in that room yeah yeah and you're right that you know that brochure is is something you know I, I i the idea of that came to me uh sort of a couple of weeks before the first event i thought oh that'd be an amazing idea and then everyone can see who's coming and who they really want to talk to on the night. And if you don't get to talk to somebody, you can still contact them afterwards because you've got those details there and say, hey, I tried to get you on the evening, but you were busy. So can we meet up for a coffee? Um, and, um, and I thought, brilliant, that's a brilliant idea. And now it's kind of, it's a little bit like it's, it's the bane of my life because <laughs> I'm just, everyone, right at the last, till the last second, I'm chasing people for, for, for their details. And, you know, not everybody gets, the, the idea until they've been of how, you know, how useful it is that so you really have to chase people to get those details, to get it all together and laid out and then to be able to send to everyone a couple of days before. Uh, but that said, even, even though it's a lot of work, it, it really is worthwhile. And I think it's something a little bit different. Definitely. Um, can we move on to talk a little bit about your website, which, which I built? So can you talk a little bit about why you decided you you needed a new website because you did actually have one originally for Spark and why you chose to work with me. Yeah, absolutely. So when I began Spark, um, I, first of all, I was, I mentioned to you, I, I came up with the idea in, in the half term in October and I happened to be away, which is great because I thought, right, the first thing I need to do, I'm used to using Instagram with Yogi Tribe. So my first instinct was to create a page on Instagram and start building up followers and then reach out to people and tell, tell them what I was doing. Um, and through doing that, um, 
somebody um, said to me, oh, hey, I really love what you're doing. Uh, can I build you a website? Uh, and, I was, and I sort of said to them, well, um, thanks for reaching out. But I wasn't really planning to do a website until, you know, I've done at least a couple of events see how it goes and um but they said oh, you know like, we'll, we'll we'll do it you know at a really good price for you and you know and I sort of I built up a bit of a relationship with that person um and started working and they really they actually they helped me on the first event they uh we did something quite cool um as in we we took lots of photos of everyone on the night uh, and then he put them all into this like video to thank people for coming um after the event um that was you know the idea was that it was going to be shown on the event but uh there was a couple of tech issues and it didn't that didn't quite happen but no one noticed because no, nobody expected it so I just posted it the next day um and yeah it was great but it wasn't you know and everyone said oh it's a great website Jess but it, it wasn't I'd, I'd done it sort of on the cheap because they they that's what they'd offered uh, there's, and I hadn't really planned to make one, but they they pushed me. They were like, "Come on, we'll do it for you." So I did that, but I wasn't really that happy with it, to be honest. And I wanted something really, you know, I've got pla like really, like I really want to make um, a spark, a long lasting, really successful, brilliant network. And so I wanted to do everything properly. And although there was a website in place, to me, it wasn't a proper, properly done website. So, you know, after the first event went really well and people, and people were giving great feedback, um, I then started to, you know, think, well, I, I, you know, I need to kind of change this website and get, get it done properly. And then, of course, you came to the next event and... You know, as I said, I've met other people that whose website you have done. Um, and so, and I really loved what you were doing. So um, I, I like your style. It's clean. It's clear. Um, it's stylish. It's easy to, easy on the eye. It's not too, not really, really busy. Um, and then when I started working with you, you had some, you know, your first idea was just fantastic, which was let a video of a spark event on the on the landing page to give everyone a feel of what an event is like because there are a few networking uh events and things out there but people are not going to really know what makes spark a different event until they kind of see it and experience it for themselves and your idea there you know just just kind of puts that in place as soon as someone visits the website so i when I made that decision to work with you, I was super, super happy and super excited um, about it because it's kind of like the first stepping stone of how I, I plan to continue. I think yeah. it's so important to up level. And I must admit, I love the video. I love the video that, that um, has been taken and is now on the top of that landing page because I think in a way that photos, photos, branding photos, and I harp on a lot about branding photos. I think they're amazing. But I think video up-levels it even more because certainly for an event like yours, the video just really shows what the atmosphere is like in the room. I think it does a really good representation of that. And it's, it, the issue with video is that the files are bigger, so it, it does slow down your website slightly, but there are ways that we can mitigate that by compressing the files, et cetera. 
And I just think it's worth it in your case in particular and other businesses too. In fact, I I mentioned to you earlier that I'm going to be putting a video on my website uh, in a similar kind of vein, being inspired by that because I think it just works so, so well. Great. Yeah, I totally agree. It gives people an instant feel of uh, of what you're about uh, or, or, or a visual of what you're about. And what what difference do you think, obviously your website has not been up for that long, but what, what difference do you expect it to make or that you're already seeing? Well, your website is often, often with people, it's their first impression or perhaps their second impression. They, they might have gone to social media page and then gone over to your website. And so with your web- website, it's representing your business and what it's about. So if you go to somebody's site and it's poorly done and poorly organized and a jumble of, you know, confusing stuff or the, there's some people's websites are you know, really dated and you can instantly see that. If you land on someone's page and it looks modern, fresh, um, you know, then you know that that, that company you know, has, you know, they're in the present moment and they've, you know, they've got know what they're doing then and they're switched on and I think that's you know it's like the face of your business really so I think it's important to have you know to have it done correctly I think correctly is probably the wrong word but you know what I mean correctly and looking good I told you I I was never good at words I'm getting better Um, (laughs) I think I think the thing about a website is it has to match your business ambitions Test and match where you want your business to go. And your business is very dynamic and clearly you want it to go places. And it's important that your website matches that. It shouldn't be 10 paces behind your business. It should be actually slightly ahead of your business and showcasing what you want your business to look like in the future. I think that's that's hugely important. Um, Before, I've got a few final questions for you, but before um, we get onto those, can you tell people where they can find you? So your your website, your social media handles, of course. Yeah. Before I do, I love the word, I love that you just use the word dynamic for spark because dynamic is the word that people put to my yoga style often in yoga chai. So I love the link there. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, so the website address is sparkbusinessnetworking.co.uk. So it does what it says on the tin, sparkbusinessnetworking.co.uk. You can also find me on Instagram at spark.businessnetworking and on Facebook it's Spark Network LTD. Um, you'll also find me on LinkedIn um, as Jess White Spark. So I will put those links in the show notes um, in any event. Um, and so final few questions. First of all, um, what are your favorite podcasts to listen to? Doesn't have to be business related. Well, so in the early days of, of Yogi Tribe, I really loved anything that made me feel motivated and it, and it is kind of business related a little bit, but more so, you know, you can, you don't have to use it for business. It can be just to get up and go and to find your passion and live your best life. And that is a guy called Brendan Bouchard, which would oh, yeah. be, yeah, you know him. Uh, Brendan Bouchard, yeah, and he does uh, he does a lot of content, um, and he's just a really sparky um, guy. He's written a he'd started by writing a, a brilliant book, um, and now does you know podcasts a lot. So that would be the one I would probably choose. 
Brilliant. And what's your favorite business book? Well, it's not officially a business book. Um, it's um, it's law of attraction, really. It's like it's the secret, uh, which I read years and years ago, and it gets you. So, although it's not a business book, it gets you like in the early days before you know when you're starting to figure out what you want to do, what your dreams are, and what you want to come true. It gets you to focus on that and to visualize it and feel it and to believe it and to attract it into your life. And, you know, that can be a business. It can also be um, a house. It could be a place. It could be a person. Um, it just gets you to visualize your dreams and focus on your dreams. And it's, you know, a really sort of, you know, a really great thing to do, I think, to put you in a positive mindset to make your dreams come true. Oh, it's a great book. Um, and finally, a piece of advice for anybody running their own business. I must say, you've um, given lots of advice throughout the podcast, so don't worry about <laughs> duplicating it. But if you could just choose one piece of advice. Yeah, tenacity, perseverance is, is, is a quality that is needed when you are running your own business, you are accountable to you. You know, you could go to a networking event and, and find a, an accountability partner. There's something we do in, we, we do in Sparks. Um, or, you know, there's lots of things you can do. But when you're at the end of the day, when you are running a business, um, it's up to you. So, of course, you need passion for what you're doing and drive what you're doing. But if you don't persevere when things go wrong, which they do, you know, there's always, always things that go wrong. Not everybody has a good day every day. You've got to have tenacity to keep going, to see that as a lesson, to learn from it and to turn it around and just, you know, just turning bad experiences into good outcomes happens with, yeah. That Sorry, is very good advice. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jess. There's so much in there. I think it's been a fabulous interview. Fantastic talking to you. Thank you. Me, Marie. It's the first podcast I've ever done. So, um, yeah, it's an honour to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.